It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales Packard and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, thank you for making us part of your daily routine, if any of you are listening at all. Uh, but we're here for you after an 87-79 loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Tough one, tough one. There, there's a lot of bad things that we want to, we're going to have to talk about, but a lot of good things. As we wrap up the season, I'm sure we're going to go through a bunch of different things to wrap up the season. We are the Rain of Jays, John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard. We are live on Instagram, so you see him dabbing. You see me, I don't know, just talking, uh, just doing a little thing. You Be sure to follow us on the Instagram, Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. We're doing this just to kind of give you guys a little immediate taste of what's going on, even though for some reason people still can't hear Jam Packard on the Instagram sometimes. But I can't connect my, my mic to the Skype call and my mic to the phone where I'm Instagramming from. So if you can't hear me, you're going to have to deal with it because uh, the technology situation has not been great. But it's... we digress. That's not the issue that we came here to talk about. We should be talking about the Celtics missed every single shot they took tonight. Mm-mm-mm. It was bad. It... I mean, they they did a damn good job on defense, actually. I think they held the Cavs and LeBron James to 87 points, yeah. but they only had 18 field goals in the final three quarters. They played an amazing first quarter, too. But then just after that, they could not hit a shot. It's, no one could. It was like Tatum had some moments, Horford had some moments, but they missed so many open looks, and it was frustrating. It, very frustrating. Let's uh, let's run down some of the extremely frustrating numbers because the, really this game was lost uh, behind the three-point line, uh, especially Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, who, if we want to look at it on a positive side, they're going to learn from this, but on a negative side, they shot three of 22 from three. Three of 22 from three. Terry Rozier was 0 for 10. From three, uh, Jalen only hit like a, a garbage time one at the end. He hit one early in the first quarter. So not not good. Not good from beyond the arc. Seven of 39 overall for 17.9%. That's just, if those guys just shoot an average, even if they shoot 30%, that's that gets you another 10 points. Uh, nine points out of Rozier. Maybe you give Jalen Brown one more, so you get another 12 points out of this. That's the difference in the game. 
yeah, and there's there's I like they they had open looks. I mean, they I thought their points in their offense they kind of they played sloppily and they could have done better execution. But the fact of the matter is they had. I think there there's a stat floating around there like one for eleven on wide open threes. They had an opportunity to knock them down. It's not like they ran a completely terrible offense. I would have liked them to see uh go to kind of more Horford in the post, especially in the fourth quarter. Um when they uh picked up that fourth foul and they they had the Cavs in the bonus. I thought they could have been a more aggressive in the post there. But they got to the line a fair amount of times, uh didn't hit their free throws either. Even the free ones uh they were not hitting, but I don't know. Al Horford had a chance. It was 73-76, to, and he had a wide-open three to tie it. Even that one didn't go down. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's Make or miss league is the yeah. biggest cliche there is, but, like, they did a lot of missing tonight, and just Jalen and Terry, uh, not great. And not great. it's I the takes on Twitter I've already seen about, like, basically trying to trash Terry Rozier entirely is completely ignoring the fact that he just had a great season. Like, yes. The Celtics woefully unperformed in this game, and it's incredibly frustrating because they had a chance to make the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to get onto the, we're going to get Kyrie and Hayward back, because I'm still uh, frustrated about it in the moment. Like, they they had the potential to win this game. Uh, they just missed a bunch of shots, and I don't know. The looks were open. I don't know what else there's to say. They just, they were not falling. Well, that that's it. I mean, it just really is it. I know you tweeted out that you're so excited to t- talk for 30 minutes about how the shots didn't fall. Uh, that That's, I don't know what else to say. When you have Jeff Green dropping 19 points uh, on the road where he's, I, I was just shocked that he had that kind of game. That That's not the typical Jeff Green game. And, and they got something very positive out of him. They got 12 points on uh, three of eight shooting from J.R. Smith. So they got something. Yeah, J.R. decided to make a three in Boston, which he had not done in this series. Yeah. So you look at this series, and games one through six were basically that cliche of role players play better at home, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Game six was a little bit, a little bit different because Rozier actually had a decent game six. Uh, but in game seven, when, when it all mattered, they had their veterans, at least a couple of them, step up. And the Celtics, they just got a couple of guys that normally play well and they didn't play well. I'll throw Marcus Morris into that mix because he shot five of 14. He wasn't particularly great. He rebounded well. He defended well. So it, he wasn't it wasn't at the same level as as the other guys. Jalen Brown just what are you going to say about Jalen Brown? He just had a terrible game. He just was not his day. Um, and I think for certain parts of this series, I, actually he didn't have the best series either. If we're going to be honest, uh, I, I kind of wonder what got into Jalen Brown a little bit. He, he didn't look. Uh, entirely as uh, aggressive or as focused as he was against Philly, against Milwaukee. He just kind of looked a little bit dazed for a lot of this series. Uh, And Rozier, Rozier has been awesome at home. He had a bad game. It's also, I will get into the Kyrie and Gordon Hayward stuff because this is, this is the, the prime example. This is what you talk about in, in this situation when, the shit hits the fan. 
these are young guys. And so Terry Rozier had a bad game. And hopefully he learns from that and understands why his focus wasn't quite there and can grow from that. that that's all you can ever ask for from these guys. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the thing that's weird is that, that Jalen and Terry have actually had, both had pretty good game sixes. It's just they really didn't show up tonight. And I thought Jalen was – sometimes he can get too aggressive and really try and do too much. And I thought that he kind of suffered from that um, in this game especially. Um, with that be, like, being said, there are like things you can take away from this game as a positive. This is like the most Kaizen thing, process, like processor results. Jason Tatum was fucking awesome. Like – this guy was a rookie, and he, uh, one, dunked all over LeBron James, which was the coolest moment of the entire night. But just his poise in the moment, his ability to get his own shot, and the fact that he was able to go to the Eastern Conference Finals and play seven games in his rookie season is a tremendous experience for Tatum and his development. So I think you can take away just, like, that is such a huge thing for him. And so then when the when the Celtics do get Kyrie and Hayward back, that's such a strong piece for them to have. So... I think in the long run, the fact that you're able to have your young players like Rozier, like Tatum, uh, like Jalen Brown, go three rounds in the playoffs, get to a seventh game and kind of show what they need to do to, to win it. Uh, yeah, I think that's all good experience for them. Uh, you just hope, I, I feel like I would have rather it been a, a shootout and you lose in like a buzzer beater. This was just kind of like an ugly game throughout. Definitely a rock fight. I thought the Celtics were actually playing pretty solid defense. It's just, uh, I don't know. The, the like final score, eighty-seven to seventy-nine, is not what the what a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals should be. It was it was kind of just a bloodbath the entire way. With not the Cavs weren't hitting a lot of shots either. The Cavs um, didn't hit many threes. They just got those kind of big ones from uh, Jeff Green. Hit a huge one to counter late, and but and LeBron was LeBron. LeBron is uh, quite good. Good ball player that LeBron. LeBron is good. All right, we're gonna end the Instagram portion of this, especially since people can't hear Jam. So. Thanks, everybody. You know, we're trying this Instagram live thing, you know, to give you a little taste of the podcast. 
tune into the Lockdown Celtics podcast to get the rest of it or to hear what Sam Packard was saying. So, sorry, we'll figure it out. But thanks, everybody, for joining, and we're going to end this portion and continue on with the podcast. Okay, so positives. Yes, you mentioned it. Jason Tatum was awesome. The dunk on LeBron was fucking amazing. I mean, that was... And the bump afterwards. The bump afterwards just made it so cool. Just like his swagger of of doing that. Yeah, that was was awesome. Uh, Very, very big game for, uh, you know, a rookie to show up and, and to play like that. And, and to not get caught up in the moment, very, uh, very poised throughout. Like he came out hot, and he kind of continued later on when things weren't going well. Not a front-running type of performance. So, uh, if you're looking at positives, that's that's a big one. That's a big one. I mean, I think another positive is just their defense. It's like they can build off of the the kind of excellent defense they had. I thought they played uh, like a really outstanding defense for the entire series and basically for the entire season. And you kind of you add in someone like Gordon Hayward to that, who is another six eight switchable guy. I think there's there's a lot that Celtics can build off there. I thought they were they were phenomenal on defense for the entire year. So and that with the development of Tatum, I thought Horford played excellently tonight. He had a he missed, I missed a couple of buckets late, but I thought he was the key for them scoring, especially at the end of the first quarter when they actually extended the lead. Um, it was really a Horford and Tatum night, and I may, probably should have uh, kind of put the ball through their hands more often. I mean, we saw them go to that kind of in the in the fourth quarter, but those two guys really played well. And then um, if we're giving out credit, or if we're doling out credit, you just have to give credit to Marcus Smart for kind of being a warrior and. He didn't, he didn't have the greatest night in terms of scoring, only four points. He missed a lot of, uh, a lot of his attempts, but I thought he did a good job of getting into the paint, uh, kind of creating, uh, and then he just had the hustle plays where getting offensive rebounds and doing things like that. So, um, those are the positives for me. Other than that, it's, uh, it's tough to really find, uh, that much when you only score 79 points. I know, I know. I think for me and, uh, there, there's a segment of people on Twitter that are, are going to be very, very upset about this game and maybe still will be by the time this podcast is out or they listen or whatever. Uh, that's fine. I get it. I'm not, I'm not that upset like this. I don't see this as a missed opportunity necessarily. Uh, I, I feel like this, this was all, this was all house money. It really was. This was all just, better than we ever could have expected. And I'm just going to zoom out and take the bigger picture view that getting to the, the conference finals game seven with this team, with these guys is just amazing to me. Like that's amazing. And I don't know. I stopped getting really, really upset for extended periods of time about this team a long time ago. Like in game, I'm frustrated watching. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. I, I I just I just see much bigger things, and whoever whoever won this game today was going to go out and get destroyed by whoever wins tomorrow's game, uh, and so it, it's going to be a little bit anticlimactic. I think I don't think LeBron, for as good as he is, is going to be able to uh, lead 
that team past Houston or Golden State. I mean, those teams are significantly better than the Celtics. There's just they just don't have it. And the Celtics would have gone on and probably gotten waxed. We could have talked ourselves into maybe some competitiveness, but oh, I already, t- I already, I was already there. I was already talking myself. Oh, if the Rockets win without Chris Paul, the Celtics match up well. Uh, they've they've always played the Warriors tough. I was already there. So, oh, uh, you're right. Like they they were definitely playing with house money. I think the Cavs are absolutely going to get waxed. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing season for the Celtics to do uh, what they uh, accomplish, what they accomplished um, without Gordon Hayward. And even I don't even really count that one as him being on the team this year. But with Kyrie Irving, kind of the guy you bring in to be the playoff scorer, to be the guy you can lean on in games like this and just go out in there and drop 30 um, for him not to be in the lineup and for them to get this far is damn impressive. Um, and you have to think that the, the the Boston Celtics with this experience, with these guys playing so well, Adding Hayward and Kyrie Irving are like, and my main man, Daniel Tice, ride or die dude. Uh, they're going to be the prohibitive favorites to win the East next year. I mean, even if I think LeBron goes to Philly, I still think you would, I would pick the Celtics in that. And so, um, and here come the noises, but, uh, <laughs> I like, you have to feel good about the, the way the Celtics, uh, play this year and, and the kind of the growth of the team and their, their, kind of just the outlook of the team moving forward but um i don't know they i you're right they you should have a positive outlook this game is uh was quite disappointing especially because you, you think they had a uh, thought they had a chance but long term if you zoom out if you control what you control not focus on the past only move forward uh the Celtics are doing quite well yeah it's it, it is what it is um i i don't know how much longer we're going to go on this podcast because there's not much to say in the moment. We've got a week of kind of processing this and talking about, uh, you know, what what's good, what's bad, what they need to work on, what they might do. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really interesting to see uh, some of the moves that they make. This could have been Marcus Smart's last game in Boston. It could could have been Aaron Baines' last game in Boston. There could have been any number of. Uh, final games in Boston with Danny Ainge considering it, you know, what he does. So who knows what, what the future is going to be. Uh, I, I personally, this game is what it is, and there's no use to me going any further than uh, too many poor shooting nights uh, for a, a team that held, like you said, the Cavaliers to 87 points, gave themselves a chance to win, and just couldn't hit the shots when it mattered, we can get in and say they should have posted up Al Horford more in the second half because that worked. Um, I, yeah, they should have. Uh, maybe they should have played Aaron Baines more than 18 minutes. And Baines kind of, I don't know, this is the second game in a row where Baines didn't get minutes late where he should have probably. We can, there, there's some, some lineup stuff there. Maybe we can, get in uh brad stevens on that a little bit but i don't know i'm, I'm kind of i'm happy to not talk any about anymore about this game if you're looking for aaron baines to be your solution for this it's like it's just that's not what, what's going to happen there he's a he's a very solid defensive player but he's not gonna the problem was putting the ball in the basket and, and he should not be your answer there really you play you play the guys who've got you there who have been shooting well the entire year um and those guys didn't make shots so you're right. I like other than 
more effusive praise for LeBron James, which I don't really want to get into right now, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was quite good. He dom like he really puts his presence on the game and you could kind of feel him taking over, especially in the final moments. He just kind of put his, um, stamp on the game. It was, um, yeah. We're good. I'm normally, as a guy, I can talk forever, but now I'm without speech. I'm speechless. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I, again, I, I just don't feel like dwelling on the game. The Celtics got good shooting nights out of Tatum and Horford, and then everyone else, no one shot better than 35% overall. Celtics shot 34% in this game, just under 18% from three, just under 74% from the line. The opportunities, lot missed opportunities, where guys, you know, if you don't make your free throws, if you don't make your shots, it's going to be tough. You score 79 points in a conference finals game, that's just not going to do it. So, with that, we're going to wrap up the show a little early. So, I think we managed to avoid a lot of the noises in the garden. That's good. We're going to cut our losses. <laughs> Here they come, right they on come. schedule. So, let's cut our losses. And say, thanks everybody for listening. This has been an amazing season. I know some of you weren't ready for it to end. Nobody was really ready for it to end. Disappointing finish, but an amazing season. We're going to keep podcasting. We're going to go all week. And we'll figure out the rest after that. We'll probably cut it back to three, three days a week uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll move into July. The offseason comes fast when you make it to the end of the conference finals and July's around the corner, the drafts around the corner, free agencies around the corner. We're going to be very, very busy. So if you haven't subscribed to the lockdown Celtics podcast, still time, You're to stupid. <laughs> still time to get that subscription in, uh, go click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If uh, you are a subscriber, we would appreciate a five-star review and a five-star rating and a good review. So we can, continue to rise up the rankings it's very helpful to us so that's it no more basketball being played this season at the garden tough one but we will continue to be here for you on the lockdown celtics podcast we're part of the lockdown podcast network hi guys this is josh lloyd host of the locked on fantasy basketball podcast the nba is back so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.